All right, welcome to the You Are What You Read podcast. Today, uh, we are reading yet another chapter from Become What You Are by Alan Watts, titled Importance. So it sounds very important. Um, I'm Max. I'm Luke. And uh, we'll be reading the chapter and then discussing. Uh, if you're following along, we appreciate any feedback. With that, Luke will kick us off here. Importance. Buddhism is often accused of being a religion so absorbed in the impersonal and the eternal that it overlooks the importance of individual and temporal things. According to its teaching, all things that have form are subject to change and void of any enduring self. But this does not imply that such things are unimportant. Importance is not measured by time, and change is a symptom of the presence of life. A Japanese poem says, The morning glory blooms for an hour, yet it differs not at heart from the giant pine which lives a thousand years. Beside the immensity of time and space, man seems a being of the most utter insignificance. In comparison with the vastly complicated problems of the modern world, the lesser hopes and fears of the individual seem of no consequence. But Buddhism is the middle way, and must necessarily regard such an extreme attitude as false philosophy. It is well that one who is too much concerned with his own affairs should consider the immensity of the universe and the destiny of the human race. But let him not consider it too long lest he forget that the responsibility not only for human prosperity but also for the order of the universe is his own. While modern astronomy tells us of our insignificance beneath the stars, it also tells us that if we lift so much as a finger, we affect them. It is true that we are transient, that we have no abiding self, but the fabric of life is such that one broken thread may work immeasurable ruin. The magnitude of the world with whose destiny we are bound up increases rather than diminishes our importance. Nature may seem to have little regard for individuals. It may let them die in millions as if it mattered nothing. But value is in quality, not quantity. A pea may be as round as the world, but as far as roundness is concerned, neither is better than the other. And man is in himself a little universe. The ordering of his mind and body is as complex as the ordering of the stars. Can we say then that the governing of a man's universe is less important because it is different in size? Wow, short yet very powerful chapter. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack in there. A whole lot. Um, I mean, your brain just wants to pick so many different things and that is kind of the essence of what this is about that whole synapse fire that's happening and what i want to talk about is that galaxy within myself yeah, yeah. that its actions and its yeah its actions changes everything else around mm-hmm. you know and that is that's something that is uh, a super deep to 
man concept, but very insignificant to the greater scheme of things. Yeah, I will admit that I definitely struggle from existential dread from time to time. Of course. Um, and I think the ideas in this chapter have come to me in, in I guess, experiential ways. Um, but reading this, uh, you know, the other day for the first time was, uh, it really illuminated, like, some of the solutions to that existential dread you know it's like okay the world is the universe all this stuff is so big and immense and it's really not at all in my control and there's a there's a fear that comes along insecurity that comes along with that lack of control yeah but then understanding that oh there's um a realm in which I do have, you know, a relative level level of control, and that's in my own life and the decisions I make. And he says, uh, so much as lifting a finger, we affect them, right? The butterfly effect. Um, but there's also a kind of butterfly effect that can happen in my life with little decisions that I make that either create a ton of positive momentum or a ton of negative momentum absolutely you know um this philosophy this ideal of a way to live your life mm -hmm. is something that a lot of people claim yet not very many truly practice and what philosophy is that? Buddhism. Okay. This this whole way. idea, the middle way, right. in starting to see that every action has a reaction, and every reaction has an action. Whether you feel that you are important or unimportant, unimportant, it's neither. You just exist. Mm -hmm. You're here for reasons beyond the mind's ability to yeah. measure. Yeah. And to like kind of put this in a perspective, which is an, one of those things that we've all heard in one way, shape, or form, like even for any of us to exist here, we've defeated the odds. Before cognitive brain existed, we are one out of trillions trying to be born, but we made it. Mm -hmm. Beyond our power, this sperm cell fertilized an egg. Mm -hmm. It beat out trillions. Now to put it in an ancestral point of view, if you look back 12 generations, that's like 4,000 plus members of your ancestral family to have you exist. Mm -hmm. So for some reason, for 12 generations, about 400 years, 4,000 plus of my ancestors existed 4,000 plus of your mm -hmm. ancestors existed now we take that probably close to about 9,000 people 4,000 years ago about a 16th of the world's population yeah and every every generation has grown we haven't plateaued at a, at a human rate we're consistently growing and expanding 
So now we have almost 8 billion people on the planet. Mm -hmm. Each and every one of us have had 4,000 plus ancestral in just 400 years. Now we go back to the record of first man, 5,000 that we have scientific 100% proof on. Mm -hmm. That is thousands and thousands and thousands of that interconnectivity. Yeah. Right. And even beyond so that, beyond that, like, and then we get down to this whole other spectrum, like evolutionary Evolution. life forms all the way back to the freaking However, whatever it is that you believe in that on how we're here and how we exist. I actually had this argument with somebody two days ago Yeah, where I said that we're more closely related to an elephant than we are to monkeys just kind of making a joke mm -hmm. and it was one of those we're not related to animals okay i was like oh okay but anyways you back on in a big yeah. pile of shit, right oh, shit. Like, okay wait <laughs> all right all right wait 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 what yeah um those those people are amazing but that idea is where i can use scientifical factual proof that beyond my own galaxy mm -hmm. i'm important yeah and my existential crises usually cease to exist yeah and it's like not really my and obviously we all do it but it's not really my place to um trying to equate my quote-unquote importance you know correct and there's not here's the thing is like we we tend to think in like zero sum games as mm -hmm. humans right so if it's like if max is winning luke is losing right but it's not actually how the world works no. there's not a natural law that says that's like there's a limited number of Correct. importance right and so one individual up against eight billion up against thousands of years of recorded history right that's not diminishing necessarily my importance it's elevating Correct. the co collective importance. importance you know and seeing just how how much that lift of a finger affects mm -hmm. you know and it's like no matter what is going on what's going to happen is going to happen whether you make it happen or not. It doesn't mean don't put in extra effort or don't persevere through hard times to give up completely, but in the same breath, give up completely. Mm -hmm. That's the middle way. And stay open to like, okay, Everything. just because I don't comprehend I don't my importance, correct. I don't feel necessarily, it's like that, that exists and that's real and it, it's i just can't see it and at times like this is where having that faith in a higher power and just having faith that everything is going to work out the way it's supposed to work out comes in so key mm -hmm. and and following the middle way is is something that is just such a difficult task to take on because every day we wake up in, with this human brain that's mm -hmm. been 
adapted by the evolution of technology and just how mankind has evolved into what we are today and, and all our individual life individual experience. life experiences and like to put it in a term that a soccer mom and regular white picket fence dad can understand is this is the participatory participation trophy era where all of a sudden we felt like because everybody was getting a trophy that there were no winners that there was nobody claiming a victory what victory is there to have hmm. we're looking at this very minute blink of an eye within each individual player's spectrum of life and we're placing so much importance on someone who never played a single minute of any sport in their life still receiving a trophy and thinking that we're creating a weaker species or is the species that's being created the idea that everyone is important mm -hmm. not one lost one 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 that the importance of mankind is bigger than the winners and the losers yeah and the understanding of this middle ground of participating in life is the actual victory mm -hmm. and if an individual is is under the impression that they're not important if they feel they're not important um and that's like that is part of governing an individual's own universe right, right. if they don't feel that way there there's like a really good chance and we're seeing this that they're gonna go do something really fucked up yep absolutely as an active kind of to existential feel in, to resentment feel yeah yeah. In, in one way, shape, or form, and in today's age, it's like humans react almost systematically towards negative and positive behavior. They know when they do positive things towards a specific person, they don't get acknowledged. So then they start to do negative actions because that gains an acknowledgement. Yeah. That was me with my parents. Same. Yeah. The Acting only, out, rebelling. I acted yeah. out just to have some attention. Yeah. And then also because like I didn't understand a lot of things and there's all these things going on with me, autism, ADD, ADHD, dyslexia, not understanding what was happening in the world or what's happening with me and not having anybody to sit down and walk me through. Mm-hmm but having a brother who was completely disconnected from the family. And I'm like, oh, so he leaves and gets zero attention. He stays quiet and gets zero attention. Nobody's paying attention to my brother. And he's just able to slip through the cracks. I don't want to do that. I want to go this way. Yeah. I want to be known. I want it to be known that I'm here. But that also led me to joining sports because who paid more attention in a small rural town than coming to sporting events? Yeah. All of a sudden, the entire town's focus is on 10 players or 11 players, whatever sport that you're playing. Big, tall Max. Big, tall Max that yeah. played basketball. Right. And then I could walk around town, walk in the grocery store, and people knew me. But then there's also the reverse end of that. When I got involved with drugs that same emotion was elicited from me because I walk into the store and they go, oh, there's Max. It's no longer, there's Big Max. How was the game last night? It's like, oh, grab their purse and put it on the other side. There's Max. 
Mm -hmm. but I still got the attention that I was craving until I was sat down and explained this exact method of life. That every single thing that I do, every action has a reaction and every reaction has an action. When I react to things, action gets involved. Right? When I cause an action, people have a reaction to me. Mm-hmm. And they made it very interpersonal, just involving people. But then I started to see the same thing was happening with my animals. The same things was happening with the plant life around me. My mother loved to plant, so we had amazing gardens. Mm-hmm. Flower beds, fruit trees, you know, all kinds of everything. We had a really beautiful yard. Like it looked like it could have been in like better homes and garden type stuff. Like that was her get down. Mm -hmm. And what that spawned is I started to see that I created a path off of the walkway that was a shorter distance to my door. But I eliminated Mm. the life. Yeah. All along that self-created path. Yeah. And I would get yelled at every day as a kid. Hey, don't walk through there. And like, I would jump from rock to rock to rock and I'd do everything I could not to step on the flowers. But me pressing down on that soil and changing the chemical velocity of mm-hmm. that created a path. Yeah. It also showed animals. Here's another way. So now there's animal tracks. I started yeah. to see that my decision to take that shortcut to get to my front door or to get to my bedroom slider yeah. And cut through these little juniper bushes. All of a sudden, there's like a Mac-shaped juniper hole. But then yeah. I watched that juniper hole be eaten away by mice. Mm-hmm. And different birds started to go through that same pathway. And now, all of a sudden, what used to be a full hedge is now two separate trees. Yeah. That was my decision. Yeah. That was my action that changed the ecosystem around me. And then I started to watch my next door neighbor's pathway to my front door because me and him lived across the street, but across the street in rural New Mexico is across the fucking street. Okay. It was a dirt road. Yeah. And like he had acres and acres of land and we were on a couple acres of land. Yeah. It was a fucking walk. Yeah. Now all of a sudden there's a fucking walking path straight to my house. But I had a separate path that I would take to get to his house. These are all the little decisions that we thought were cool because we found new ways to get to each other's house. And it immediately, it gave us a sense of accomplishment as humans. But it also created damage to the ecosystem around us. But then I look at at another spectrum. I showed animals a new pathway to take, which then became a highway for them. And we would see them go back and forth and actually drew animals closer to us. And started to see that me lifting my finger as a child, years and years later, created this entire change of the landscape around me. And it wasn't like I was out there digging holes and moving trees around or doing anything. It was just living, just existing created that difference. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was aware of those motions that it made me more conscious about what I was doing in public. And how my actions walking through the supermarket and having the being on the spectrum, being in supermarkets was like walking into fucking Disneyland for me. Yeah. There's so much going on that I would cause fucking mayhem up and down the aisles. 
But then I started to think, if I do that, is someone else going to do that? Is someone else going to think that it's okay? Or am I going to show somebody else who's also like me that this is a way to get through this store and successfully still accomplish your goal? And then I started to see once I put that attention on it, it made it easier for me to be in the store. It made it easier for the people in the store to have me in the yeah. store. Because that was also a thing. Like, certain clerks would look at me and be like, fuck. Mm -hmm. It's either going to go great and it's going to be hilarious, or this is going to be a shit show. And I just started to notice all of these things. So I started taking it from, you know, next stage, next stage, next stage in life and starting to allow that idea to grow that I just need to do what I'm supposed to do. And at times that's nothing, and at times that's everything. Mm -hmm. But having that understanding of the little tiny decisions that I make have that ripple effect that go beyond what I can physically see. I think, you know, a way that. So th there's this Rumi quote, right? And it's, it's, uh, Yesterday I was clever, so I tried to change the world, something. Um, today I'm wise, so I'm changing myself. And it's like this thing where the understanding of our importance comes in a lot of ways from, you know, learning about the magnitude of the world around us and seeing some of the ways that humankind can be really, like, cruel or ignorant or you know, all of the above, right? Mm -hmm. And I've experienced this thing where bringing that attention inward and addressing, you know, whatever it is going on on the inside that I don't feel important enough, I don't um, feel a part of the world, right? And trying to address that stuff and kind of restore order to my individual universe, um, it changes the way the outside world looks. I've I've earned a lot of compassion for people that don't do things the way that I do them, the way that I want them to do them, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, the existential dread, whether it's, you know, the world ending, whatever, climate change, nuclear war, all this stuff, right? It's like, okay, that's gonna happen anyways. No matter what. Every human on this earth is gonna die. Correct. And myself included, yeah. obviously. And, yeah, and, everyone. And getting to the point of like, accepting that, and it's like, some days you accept it more than others, right? Um, but, but internalizing that idea and being like, okay, some of these like big, huge geopolitical, like cosmic level things that I have no control over are like, I can, I can coexist with them and, and allow my universe to be in harmony with the chaos in the, the outside universe. universe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think it's talking about the middle way. Mm -hmm. And I kind of have this question. Um, 
So it's not really an instruction book about what exactly the middle way means. Um, where it comes from is kind of the Buddha's experience of like trying out extremes. Like we were talking about last week, asceticism, this kind of stuff, religiosity, and uh, finding the middle way between these two extremes. But I think that I'm kind of uh, thinking about it in a way as like a spiritual principle. So we talk about spiritual principles, honesty, open-mindedness, forgiveness, love, you know, surrender, these kind of things. And I think that the middle way kind of fits in with them. It's Absolutely. this principle it that... all of them. Yeah, yeah. That's it's the, the whole idea. It's this principle that, like, can, can in some ways be... Uh, I guess paradoxical if you look at it in different situations because it's like in this situation by following a spiritual principle I do this one thing and in another situation following that same spiritual principle I do a completely different thing so absolutely the middle way is is explained in so many different ways and the way that I have best wrapped my head around it is the middle way to me is if I'm placed with options I assess what does my ego want what does the world want and I usually go with neither one of those mm -hmm. what does God want I let go. Yeah. I don't choose the options that are in front of me. I allow the option to come to me. Yeah. And that it's it's essentially do nothing and everything will happen. There's one of a, a very <laughs> funny yet very viable a reference to this is in the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall where Paul Rudd is teaching Jason Siegel how to surf and Jason Siegel's popping up on the surfboard. Mm -hmm. It's like you're doing too much and it, it doesn't look like he's doing all that much so it goes to the next scene and it's him like a little bit slower popping up you're doing too much, do less even slower, you're doing too much, do less and he just lays there. He's like, all right, you're not doing enough. Right? Yeah. That whole idea of it's here. I cannot appear to be doing a whole lot physically, but mentally I'm doing fucking cartwheels up there. I'm overthinking it. Mm -hmm. I can appear to be outwardly cohes cohesive with my environment. But if I'm in my head spinning wheels and all the shit that's going on. I'm doing too much. Now if I sit there and I physically do nothing, I mentally do nothing, emotionally do nothing, and just don't, just kind of feed myself and exist, I'm not doing enough. Yeah. The middle ground is, God, what do you want from me? Yeah. How do I handle this situation, God? Guide yeah. me through this. Being an instrument of service. Correct. Right? The, the correct 
path is very often revealed. It, it's, for me, it's every yeah. time it's revealed. Yeah, it's not like I came up with this idea, no. someone told me this thing. It's like, oh. Our trip to Zion was that. Yeah. We tried to plan yep. to Yosemite. Yep. And then it was just like, I I can't make it to Yosemite. Yeah. We drove a further distance. And the original reason on why we weren't going to Yosemite was because of driving. Yeah. Yeah. Gas prices. Yeah. Literally. Gas prices. And I don't think my car would have made it okay. at that point in time. So we took your car. Yep. We Tiny went further little, away. Yeah. Yeah. But that was the path that revealed itself. Mm-hmm. We were sitting outside of a meeting and I was like, it'd be kind of cool to turn 33 in Jesus land with the Mormons. Yep. And you're like, fuck it, let's go to Zion. That's it. Yeah. And that was like where we were supposed to Absolutely. be. Absolutely. I had an extremely powerful spiritual experience there. Absolutely. You had, I don't know that it was the same, Oh, the, but the it was like really, was... really awesome. You know? Um, that's my phone wallpaper. I remind one of them. I remind myself of that trip. Um, yeah, and and that's exactly a perfect example. Yeah, that that like, was it. You yeah. know what I mean. And that's where we both let go of the destination. The destination revealed itself. Yeah. And then we were able to. I mean, I don't want. I, who knows? But the the results of us kind of getting out of the way and and and. You know, because like these obstacles, and I'm using that word yeah. for a very specific reason, because there's a deity that places or removes these obstacles. Paying attention to where these obstacles are around us allow us to go yeah. with the river of life and end up Correct. where we're meant to be. And that no matter how many times that we think that our decisions are making us end up where we are, in the end, we always find out that we had nothing to do with it. All of the really big decisions and changes that happen in life, a lot of the times we don't really have control over that stuff, you know? No. We can try. Yeah. All we want. We can think that we're in control. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when we look back at it and like we outline our lives, it's like, I don't even know how the fuck I ended up here. Yeah, so I got clean when I was 18. I've been clean since I was 18. And um, I, I I read a person who also got clean when they were really young say that they were grateful for the gift of taking recovery seriously. And you and I have seen lots of real young people come in to recovery in whatever form, whether it's treatment or whatnot, and it doesn't stick. They don't take it seriously. This isn't for me. Um, And like getting clean has been like the most life-changing decision I've made in my life so far. It might continue to be that for the rest of my life. And that aspect of it, of taking it seriously, of being open-minded, of, of like sticking around for yeah. for me to be able to grow as a whole person in recovery. Like, I didn't really choose that. 
No. It was no, like you didn't. It, it was given to me. You know? No, you didn't. I've been there for every step of the way yeah. in Luke's recovery. So I I know this very well, what he is talking about. And it's, uh, I mean, I wasn't, I attempted to get clean at a young age like that. And it just didn't stick. And for periods of time, I took recovery very ser- seriously until I didn't. Mm-hmm. And it fell to the wayside. And then recovery wasn't on the forefront. And... But in my story, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. I wouldn't experience the things that I've experienced. Like, I've experienced death Mm -hmm. due to a lack of recovery. Yeah. And I may never have had those types of awakenings that I had in those moments. So, like, it's... Our stories are are insane but like kind of there's a stand-up bit that uh that also goes along with this and it's like you're not the man on fire you're not denzel in this movie (laughs) you're the fucking accountant that comes in to tell denzel hey you need to fill out these forms and denzel looks at you and he's like back off motherfucker you're like okay and you like push up your glasses and fucking fumble your papers all around you go back to your desk and live your life yeah You're not Denzel. You're not the main character. Yeah. You exist on the same plane as every single person. This is not a movie. This isn't fucking Hollywood. Your life on the internet isn't your life in real life. Yeah. Your life, how you depict it to others, is not your real life. Your real life is happening right now and only right Mm -hmm. now. And that's what, I mean, so far, every aspect of what we've read in these four chapters has been that at like the basic rawness of the chapter is the ability to exist here in this moment, nowhere else. So I want to talk about humility for a second. When I, before I really knew a whole lot about humility, um, learn to practice humility there was always this idea of like um, there was there was very religious connotation and it was like humbling myself or not myself at the time because I was not humble but humbling someone humbling themselves before God and like being very um, self-effacing right and I've learned that and this is kind of how I continue to define humility is it's like having a balanced understanding of my own importance, right? And I would bounce between the two extremes on either side of that, and it would be like, oh, like, I am the man on fire. This movie is about me. Get the fuck out of my way, accountant. Yeah. Yeah. Or to being just, you know, really, really uh, torturous to myself and you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually damaging myself and, you know, feeling lost and not really, not really caring a whole lot about it. And I've learned that like humility is the middle way between those two things, right? Of being like, okay, like my actions do affect the outside world and I am important. And then also but I am 
unimportant. I am just a part of this very, very big, complex, you know, whole. And at the same time, none of those things, like you said, it's this whole separate aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's really helped me with some of like the uh, emotional issues I've had, you know? If I look at, uh, if I'm going through something one day and it's like the biggest deal in, in the world, like you don't even understand, I was late to this thing and they fucking like cut me off and they like didn't go and the light turned green or whatever and i and i look back a week later and i like completely forgot that happened mm -hmm. and the way that this i'm reminded of this is sometimes is like journaling yeah. and then i write something and sometime later i look back and i i'm like oh that was the biggest deal in the world and i was very much not being humble and not being realistic about the like completely inconsequential problems in my life and then looking back at some of those things has allowed me to like carry that perspective uh through my life today it's yeah. like okay what i was what i was going through today like it's not gonna matter in a week no. and so it maybe it doesn't matter. need to matter that much today it, this is the thing it is gonna matter and it's not gonna matter all at the same time yeah because that action molded the person you are today but sure. it also yeah, yeah. unmolded some shit that already existed or that could potentially continue to exist. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like using your tools, using journaling, using meditation, using self-reflection. If you're in recovery, going to a meeting and sharing about what the yeah. fuck's going on with you and finding a solution, reaching out to others, being of service, all of these selfless acts that we do with no expectation of it ever being reciprocated yeah it gets us out of that mindset that i'm the man on fire like correct and it's like oh okay well these little things uh you know just yeah, yeah. the little whatever silly problems i had in my life don't actually have to matter and there's actually i can just completely enjoy today regardless of whatever's going on yeah and there's this like the flow of life whatever some of the previous chapters have kind yeah. of talked about this transient nature of stuff and it's like if i am completely kind of still i guess or grounded or centered i don't know how you want to put it but if i'm in this place of like kind of stillness in my heart and my mind whatever goes on around me doesn't have to shake me yeah and it and i can just sit and regardless of what's going on around if i am still and i accept what's going on around me i'm in harmony with the outside universe absolutely and that you know there's a lot of like legitimate emotional um just problems and feelings and stuff that come out of being uh dissonant with the outside world and finding a place a way to be able to be in harmony with that whatever's going on yep. and accepting it it like squashes a lot of those pains it's being the fucking morning glory or mm -hmm. the pine tree mm -hmm. and just understanding that you have a heart just the same yeah you are a part of creation just the same as everything else is you're no more you're no more important you're no less important 
You are exactly who you are as you are. No other way. Yeah. And it comes to just the title of this book, Become What You Are. This is all in the becoming of who you are as an individual and who you are as a part of this ecosystem and who you are as a celestial being in this universe, who you are as a the, the rawest form of, of mankind in, in existence, the atom. We all exist at a very small molecular level on the same ground. Mm -hmm. And you can take it to that micro level or we all exist within the macro yeah. as just things floating on this thing in this place of existence of time you remove time and none of this matters you take away that concept none of this matters you have no age you have no idea what time of the day or anything sun comes up sun goes down moon comes up moon comes down that's what our day would revolve around you know it's just there's all these different ways to, to bring us back into a point of finding a comfortable place and just existing in it. Mm -hmm. That comfortable place for whether you acknowledge it to be or you don't acknowledge it to be is the middle way. Yeah. You know, and we usually find it. If you live long enough, like you find your place. Yeah. Sometimes it takes you your entire life, but on, in those last waking moments, you found it. Yeah. Because you're finally at, okay, I'm ready. Yeah. Whatever happens is going to happen. And if that means I'm still alive in the next hour, if that means that I'm dead in the next hour or minute, whatever, mm -hmm. we find that place. And our goal, and my goal specifically, is to help others find that before that moment on their deathbed. Right. So does this... Um parallel i want to tie it back to some of the other things we've read so far in this book and i've done some of that already but he talks about earlier um you know zen teachers say if you try to be in accord with the Tao, you get away from it and then he says this is not altogether true because you know no matter how much you try to get away from it you're still a you're part still of it, part with the Tao, yeah. right? And concentration, like if you're overthinking concentration, you're not in that meditative place, the finger in the moon that we talked Correct. about, you know? And it's like, okay, we try and understand our importance. We try and attach it to things outside of ourselves, money, job, family, religion, property, whatever it is. We try and attach it, but it's like, um, and and when we don't necessarily see it on face value, but just because we don't see it doesn't mean it's there, right? And we, it's not our job to try and like comprehend it no. and express it. It's like, it's our job to kind of embody it. Absolutely. Yeah. It comes to that idea from 12 Steps money property and proceed to divert us from our primary purpose our primary purpose is to coexist mm -hmm. to find our place when we start placing importance yeah on things outside of our existence another purpose is you know 
keeping balance in our own internal Correct. universe and like if we're in balance in here in our own universe like we're going to be at harmony with the outside and that's universe. what we start to attract mm -hmm. you it's it's that whole pheromone idea you know men push off pheromones that attract women for procreation from the dawn of time in all species in all forms of life and it also comes down to when you have found your place your zone your middle way mm. the people who are going to be attracted to you are on the same playing field so now it's beyond you you have a community that community draws more communities until there's a rift and then you start to see the people who've fallen away from the middle way and start to individualize again and mm -hmm. disperse but what happens is there's a core that aren't affected one way or the other and stay unified for the creation to exist mm -hmm. for life to exist understanding that there's going to be a lot of bad and a lot of good yeah and if we stay together in unity we have better odds of leaning in a positive direction than we do in breaking off into disunity you know and that's where we come into the same idea of what yoga what yoga is what zen is what buddhism is what hinduism is what christianity is these are all the basic boiled down to the raw chemicals that created these ideas all come from the unity of people existing together to create a better environment for that community mm -hmm. and it has now just grown to encompass our planet and next thing you know is that that idea is going to grow and encompass more planets and more galaxies and more 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 until time's gone mm -hmm. we are beings having a human experience that is very true that we are and we'll just continue to have this human experience until yeah. the human can, human experience isn't around anymore. And then whatever experience comes next, we'll have that. Yeah. And I'm all right with that. Yeah. That's. You either are all right with that or you're not all right with that. Either way, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> so. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Much appreciated, you guys. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, drop your comments, follow along with us, interact with us, posting new episodes weekly um, here at the You Are What You Read podcast. Let's find out what you are. Yeah. <laughs>